0: Turn with me to uh, Romans, well, excuse me, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9 and then go to Romans 8. 1 Corinthians 9 and Romans 8. In 1 Corinthians 9 and the 27th verse, the apostle by the Spirit says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I keep under my body. In other words, I keep my body under the control, under control, and eyes referring to the man on the inside. We're not a body. We're a spirit. We have a body. Are we to control our bodies? Do you have to control your body Even when you grow a lot in God, did the apostle Paul, did he know something about God? Had some revelation, been caught up to glory, had all kind of revelation, wrote so much of different parts of the New Testament, and yet he still had to keep his body under, didn't he? Well, then that means you'll have to keep yours under. And if you don't keep your body under, it'll keep you under. Huh? Huh? How many lives, you know, different people's lives, I'm not asking for testimonies or hands raised, but have you seen people or heard about people that their lives were messed up because they didn't control their body, messed up their marriage, messed up their family, messed up their ministry because they didn't control their body. We must control our body. Now, the thing about it is when you got saved, your body didn't get born again. The inner man did. And the body is still the same, you know, as far as the structure of it, as it was before you got saved. And if you let it, it'll still do the things you would have done before you got saved. Hmm? You have to control your mind and you have to control your body. Or elsewise, like Paul says here, you can wind up a castaway. You can wind up disqualified. Disqualified. And we don't want to wind up disqualified. In Romans the 8th chapter. Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. And verse 5. He says, they that are after the flesh. Do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit. The things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Another way of saying that is those that live carnally. Those that live controlled by the flesh. Can't please God. Can you see a uh, connection here? What else does the Bible say about being able to please God, what you have to have? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is faith the product of carnality or spirituality? So, I mean, people are interested in having more faith, but the more carnally you live, the less faith you're going to have. And the more spiritual you become, the more spiritually you live, the more faith you will have. Faith is of the heart. No such thing as being strong in faith and being weak in spirit. Strong faith is from a strong spirit. Strong heart, for with the heart man believes, Roman says. So, you know, I think that's something that uh, sometimes people don't realize that, you know, that they can just yield to the flesh and yield to the flesh, but then have strong faith too. Doesn't work that way. The more you yield to the flesh, you're going to forfeit your faith. It's going to undermine your confidence. Because one of the products of yielding to the flesh is condemnation. Isn't it? I mean, when you just keep yielding to the flesh, keep yielding to the flesh, well, you're going to feel condemned about it. And that condemnation will eat your lunch faith-wise. You know what I mean by that? Condemnation is absolutely one of the worst enemies your faith has. It'll undermine your confidence. You can't be condemned and confident. The two are opposed. Keep reading. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it make any difference whether you're carnal or spiritual? Yes. According to this, difference between life and death. You know, just take one area, the area of protection. It just it kind of aggravates me when I hear people theorizing philosophizing about, you know, well, it's such a great mystery. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's just such a mystery. Why did God let that happen to them? Why didn't God protect them? Friends, that ain't the question. The question is, why didn't they listen? Did you hear me? And yet that just shows you how confused people are. Why don't people hear God? Don't you doubt for a minute that the Lord is interested in keeping and protecting his people. He is. And he's always looking out for us. But he's not going to make us do anything. He's not going to force us or coerce us or control us. So if we don't listen to him and we just go right through the warning and just ignore the leading, then we're going to have trouble. We're going to get destroyed. And I am convinced that every time a tragedy occurs in a Christian's life, the Lord was trying to warn them. He was trying to protect them. He was trying to divert them and spare them. But for whatever reasons, they didn't hear or they didn't pay attention to it or they overrode it. Have you ever had something happen in your life? And when it did, you said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Huh? You ever had that? How did you know you shouldn't have done it? What do you mean? I knew I shouldn't have done. What do you mean? You had something inside that you didn't pay attention to. And the reason is because Christians are not taught and trained to listen to their own spirit. Because the Holy Ghost leads you through your own human spirit. And so it's not why did God let it happen. It's why don't people listen? Why are they not hearing? And why are they not paying attention? And one of the big reasons is just simply carnality. Just carnal and dull and unaware of God. Aware of the flesh, aware of the world around, but not aware of God. And so you can actually wind up dead because uh, of not paying attention. You know, I don't know at the times. I mean, we've been flying privately for a few years now. And uh, I don't know at the times the Lord has protected us and just, and we could have easily overridden it. I think I told you a while back about, uh, we were up in the northeast about two or three years ago. And this one particular airplane we were flying, the nose gear, you have to put a pin in it, uh, to take off and operate. And you have to pull that pin out and put it horizontally to tow it. If that pin is not in, you can't steer it. And that can be a problem when you're doing 120 miles an hour down the runway. And you can't stare. That's how you wind up getting hurt. And uh, I came out of a place and uh, the crew had told me they had checked it. The line people told me they had checked it. And I was flying that day and I got in and sat down in the seat. And it just came up in my heart about that pin. Something about that pin. I don't mean I heard a voice. I don't mean I saw anything. Just something. is. I could have easily overridden it. But it kept coming up about that pen. So I asked them, did y'all check the pen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Line people, did y'all check the pen? Yeah, we checked the pen. I got two or three people said they checked the pen. And so I'm sitting, the door is closed. I got my seatbelt on. I'm ready to start the engines. And something comes up about a pen. Well, I've been doing this long enough to know. <laughs> One way I learned this is by ignoring some of these things and then having to go... I knew that. I knew I should should have checked that. Got out. I said, and so they looked at me funny because, you know, everybody's waiting on me, even holding up traffic. I said, I don't care. Just stop. Undid my belt. Got out. Opened the door. Got out. Walked around. Put my eyes on it. And guess what? The pen was not right. Well, the Holy Ghost knows. Amen. Amen. Another time, I'll tell off on myself, I didn't listen. And the Lord spared me. We were in West Virginia stopping and getting fuel. And it was cold, really cold. When it's cold, nobody wants to mess around outside any longer than they have to. And these guys are professionals out there on the line crew. We got fuel and they checked. You have to get up on a ladder and check the oil on these engines. And, and uh, they checked them. And so... They're they're professionals, you know, they're supposed to know what they're doing. Now, I usually did it myself, but it was so cold that I'm sitting inside the FBO, you know, drinking some coffee going, yeah, boys, get it, you know. And I came out and I looked the guy in the eye and I said, "Uh, did y'all check those oil caps? Because they have to be tight. If they're off, the engine will blow the oil out. The oil cap. Oh, yes, sir, we checked it. And I'm getting inside the airplane. I'm shutting the door. And I look at this guy. He's got his park on. i am park a tight coat. And, and it's so cold. And he's looking at me. And I said, now, you check those oil caps. That's the last thing I asked him, you check the oil caps. He said, yes, sir. I checked them. I checked. Well, now, why did I ask him three times? Huh? So cold, you don't want to mess with it, so cold. So I buttoned the, the door up, and we got in, and it was a short flight from there to Tulsa, Oklahoma, in a jet. And we're there, and get out, and there's oil all down the side of the engine. You know, it's a good thing it wasn't a long flight. We'd have blowed all the oil out, burn up the engine, maybe lost it in flight. Some said, why didn't you listen? Why didn't you? Don't sit there and look at me like you never. (laughs) Well, this pen thing happened after the oil thing. So you understand why I got up out of the sea (laughs) and went and put my own eyes on it myself. The question is not why God lets things happen to people. What's the question? Why aren't Christians listening? Why aren't they hearing? And why aren't they paying attention? Well, because they're not taught to, they're not trained to. A lot of folk are just going, well, whatever happens is the will of God and it's just all up to him. Foolishness. People not taking their responsibility. The scripture says in Ephesians, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We have a biblical responsibility to find out what's the will of God from the Bible, from him, and to observe it and to do it. Can you say Amen. And one reason, like we're saying, that people don't hear is just being too carnal, not paying attention, being too carnal, and living too carnal instead of being spiritual. Now we began, uh, last week, I began giving you seven spiritual principles to control the flesh. Seven spiritual principles that you need to observe and practice to control your own flesh. Now, when I say flesh, I'm not just talking about physical, but everything that pertains to the nature of the flesh. Go with me to Ezekiel, please. Ezekiel 16. Now, here's a question. Why do people keep giving in to the flesh? Why do people just keep giving in and giving in and giving in in all kinds of areas? Let's say people miss it with their mouth, shoot off their mouth, say a bunch of things that hurt and hinder relationships, and go, dummy, what'd you say all that for? And then, for the days over, do it again. Just talk and then think later. Why do people not control their self? We spent a couple of weeks talking about this. Controlling our sexual desires. Young people. Get involved with somebody physically. Feel bad. Cry and repent. And then do it again next weekend. And then do it again the next weekend. And then do it again the next. Why do people keep giving in? Maybe people feel they're drawn towards somebody of the same sex. And they get involved in that. And they do it again. And they do it again. Maybe feel bad, maybe tell themselves I'm not doing that again, and then do it again. This is happening. Spending. People go to the stores, go to the mall, and just get carried away. Hmm? Spend money they don't have. Max out the credit cards, come back home, lie to their spouse. Did you hear me about it? Then mess up the relationship, get behind and cry and repent. And then next month, do it again. <laughs> I see a lot of looks all over the people are going, like, mm. look, you know, any anytime that the Holy Ghost gets on something, it's too close to you. And tell you what, do you just look straight ahead and that, you know, and just go, yes, amen, brother Keith. Yeah. People need to hear that. And just don't, don't say nothing. And then when you get home, you can fall across the bed and go, Oh God, that was me. Oh God. The Lord's not interested in embarrassing people. Maybe it's eating. Maybe you're 40 pounds heavier than you want to be. And you- <laughs> And you say, All right, you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat late at night like I've been doing. And then you go back in after the service and eat. And two pieces of pie and two pops and half a bag of potato chips. And you feel bad, so tomorrow you do it again. Now, we might as well laugh instead of cry because how I mean, this is happening, isn't it? This is happening. People do the same thing. Are they going to drink a beer? And in two cases later, this is happening, isn't it? What are you all laughing about? You know it's true. In area after area after area, I'm asking you a question. Why do people keep giving into the flesh and then feel bad about it? They feel guilty. They feel condemned. And then the same devil that tempted you is the one that will beat you over the head with condemnation. You talk about a sorry rascal. He's the one that dangles the carrot out there and goes, Man, look how pretty that is. Oh, you need that. You got to have another piece of that pie. You got to. You got to eat it. You got to drink another gallon of that. Come on. And then when you do, he jumps on the other side and goes, Look at you. You ain't got enough self control to fill a thimble. Pitiful. Pitiful. Liar. No, self and most people don't even know what's going on. They'll agree with him going, yeah, that's right. I'm saying, what's wrong with me? And I'm just a dummy. I'm just weak. I just can't do anything. I'm a dummy. He says, now, let me tell you how sorry you really are. <laughs> and we're laughing, but you understand that masses of Christians have no confidence. Their faith is not working because of failure in these areas. The scripture, you know, Jesus told them in Matthew 26, he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Where's the weakness at? Through the flesh. Desires of the flesh can be strong. It's not that the desire is weak. It's that the weakness is through the flesh. And actually the weakness is in the spirit. Through the flesh. Go to. Are you in Ezekiel? Ezekiel 16. This says this very clearly and plainly here. Ezekiel 16, verse 28. He said, Ezekiel 16:28. He says, "You have played the whore." Now, you know. Let me just say this again. We've already talked about this, but the world is confused. And we have to come back and let the word be our standard. You know, teenagers, college age young people, are ridiculed if they're virgins. You know that? By their peers, it's like something's wrong with you. You're not good looking enough to get somebody. And people are, it's looked upon as an inability. When exactly the opposite is true. Anybody can sleep with just anybody they come across. That's weakness. It takes strength to control yourself. Doesn't it? That's what's honorable. That's what First Thessalonians 4 says. That we are to possess our vessels. In sanctification and honor. And so somebody that just a woman that sleeps with every man she can find. In the Bible is called a whore. A man that sleeps with every woman he can is called a whoremonger. And yet people today call it being free, experimenting, sowing your wild oats, and even brag about their exploits. It's ignorance and confusion and perversion. And what it is is weakness. It's being a weak individual that you keep jumping in bed with everybody. It's weak. Are you there in verse 28? You've played the whore with the Assyrians because you were unsatiable. Yea, you've played the harlot with them and yet could not be satisfied. You have moreover multiplied your fornication in the land of Canaan under Chaldea and yet you were not satisfied therewith. And let's just stop right there. Can you satisfy the lust of the flesh? The more you yield to it, the more you feed it, the more it'll grow. And what would seem to satisfy you today won't satisfy you tomorrow. It'll take twice as much. It'll take something different. It'll take something wilder. It'll take something more bizarre, something more perverted. So what's the wise thing to do? Don't start down that path. Control this body. Amen? There's two-letter words you've got to learn to use on your flesh. N O. No. Hmm? you got to be honest about this. Now, your flesh has desires. And something will cross your eyes. And your eyes will go, hmm, I want to look at that. I'm talking about your eyes. What's the word? Somebody tell me. Help me out. What's the word? No, No, you don't need to look at that. Something will cross your mind. I want to think about that. What do you say? No, you don't need to think about that. And sometimes you have to say no a hundred times in the morning. Huh? Your flesh will say, I want that. And you say, no, you don't need that. And that's not right. You're not going to have that. No. Everybody say no. Try it out one time. No. Say it again. No. Say it again. No. No. And if you're spiritual, then that no sticks. Means something. Verse 30. How weak is your heart. Says the Lord God, seeing you do all these things, the work of of an imperious, whorish woman. Why did he say they did this? Their heart was weak. Weak. Weakness of heart. And, you know, we've been talking about these things, but I want you to understand there is no condemnation from us, from me. If you've had 12 affairs, you know, that's not good. But I'm not condemning you for it. Did you hear me? If you hadn't controlled yourself with some habit or some substance, I'm not against you. But the question is, do you want to control yourself? Can you be built up? Can we, build our, can we get built up to the point where we don't just give in? Don't just give in. Can we be strong? Can we be like our master? Jesus, our Lord, became a man in every respect like his us. He emptied himself of his divine ability and power and glory as the divine one. He didn't operate as God. He operated as a man in the earth with no unfair advantage over us. And the Bible said he was tempted in all points, just like us. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to the temptation. Did Jesus give in? I said, did Jesus give in? Was he tempted? Was he pulled? Yeah. Did his, the desires of his eyes and his flesh and his mind, did it pull on him? Yes, it did. But in not one instance did he give in. Proving you don't have to. Proving you, somebody said, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Yeah, but he did it as a man. I said he did it as a man. You and I can be strong. We can resist. Go to 1 Corinthians 10 real quickly. I didn't intend to take this long on this introduction. (laughs) Which is what it is. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Are you there? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. Are there any bizarre, weird things happening to you temptation wise that nobody else has experienced? No. People will try to tell you, Oh man, you just don't know what I'm going through. Other people have gone through the same thing. Hmm? It's a fact. God is faithful. He will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Listen to the uh, living Bible on this. I thought this is interesting. He said, remember this, the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you. And no temptation is irresistible. I like that. I believe that. There ain't no such thing as a woman too pretty. Hmm? There's no such thing as a man too handsome. That was weak. There's no such thing as a piece of jewelry or clothes or a house or a car or anything that you cannot resist. That's right. That's right. Hmm? Right. Or any kind of situation. as well, if you're a real man, you'd give in. Yeah, if you're a weakling. That's right. That's right. Do you understand you how perverted things are? No, if you're a real man and you're strong, you're in control. Right. Amen. And nobody can lead you around by your desires. Amen. If you're a real woman, if you're real strong, Nobody can seduce you. Nobody can fool you. Nobody can pull you around by your emotions and desires. A strong spiritual man or woman, their eyes can be screaming, I want it. Their body can be screaming, I want it. And they can say, no. This is not right. And this is the end. Hmm? Even though... The pores of your body may be crying out for something. Maybe it's drugs. How I many you know there is no drug irresistible We've been reading scripture. People are tempted, aren't they? Oh man, tempted, I've got to have my next fix. I've got, is there anything irresistible that's too much, But people are try to tell you that it is. So I say, well, you just don't know. No, I don't. Thank God. I've never been addicted to heroin. Thank God. But I know people that have and have been clean for 20 years. Hmm? People say, yeah, but you just don't understand. You hadn't had three children. You can't get the weight off. I know women who have. Did you hear me? You don't understand, you can't control, you know, the spending. Oh yeah, I know people that have been, you know, everybody encouraged them, said, you got to take bankruptcy. There ain't no way out. And they said, I'm not. I'm paying my debts. Hmm? I've seen people lost everything they had. And in five years' time, had new cars again paid for. Hallelujah. And all the debts paid off. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No what it is? People quit. They give up, they give in. Why? Because they're weak. I'm not talking to weak people tonight, am I? A strong man of God, a strong woman of God will be under the barrel, entangled in the ropes, nose bleeding, eyes swelled shut, lip poked out, and they'll look up through their blood and tears and go, I'm winning. I'm winning. That's right. You take a man, a woman like that, that won't give in, that won't quit, that won't give up. It is written. He will always cause you to triumph. Every time. It's the people who quit, people who give in. The Lord said this to me this week. I've known this, but he said this to me again specifically this week. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me, he said, unbelief makes excuses. It's a fact, isn't it? Why we can't have this? Hmm? I had people tell me why I couldn't do this in ministry. They told me why I couldn't have an airplane the size of ministry I was. That was three airplanes ago. People tell, people tell me, you can't start off a church with a 2,000-seat auditorium from zero. Why can't you? Huh? A few empty chairs don't bother me. Hmm? And what if we'd have got an auditorium that sat 500? We'd be out of it now. Had to be looking for somewhere else. You know, Brother Or Roberts said this. He said, people will always tell you it can't be done. Yeah. They've told him all his life. They told him, you can't have big tent meetings like that. You can't have miracles. You can't have TV broadcast like that. You can't build a university like that. He's sitting there. Yeah. I said, he's sitting there. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Can you overcome? Yes. Can you pay off your bills? Yes. Can you control yourself? Can you control your body, your desires? Yes, Yes, you can. I said, yes, you can. Can you control that mouth of yours? Somebody say yes. Yes. (laughs) Glory to God. Can you take some more? (laughs) Find uh, these two scriptures, please. Philippians 4 and Mark 9. Philippians 4 and Mark 9. Now, I began last week giving you seven spiritual principles to controlling the flesh. I'll review the first three we touched on. Number one was putting the word first place. Making the word of God your final authority. Letting the word define what is right and what is wrong. Letting the word define what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. If the word says you can do it, I don't care what you've experienced or what you feel like, what do you say? I can do it. it. If the word says you can have it, I don't care if none of your family has ever had it or anybody you know has ever had it. If the word says you can have it, let the word settle it. Amen. Amen. If the word says it's wrong, I don't, if the word says it's wrong, I don't care what the world says. It's wrong. We talked about all, having an affair is wrong. You must we say, well, men are going to be men. Weak ones. Did you hear me? You know, the love of God alone will keep you from messing up in these areas. The love of God in you, no matter how much your flesh wanted somebody, if you love your wife and kids enough, you're not going to hurt them. Boy, that was weak. I said you'll control yourself to keep from hurting other people. Hmm? The reason people give in is selfish. That they're more interested in what they want for the moment than in other people's condition round about them. No matter how much, you know, I might be pulled on a certain area, I wouldn't want to destroy this church. Did you hear me? Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. I wouldn't want to destroy, hurt Phyllis. I do not want to hurt my, there's a lot of people all over the country and in other countries that look to us to feed them and help and lead and it would hurt them. If I fell and just blew it and messed up. All it would do is prove I'm human. I could mess up like anybody else. People say, well, they should just forgive and forget. It's not quite that simple. God will forgive you. But people, they'll remember it. Did you hear me? Some people won't forgive you. And then some people will never have confidence in you again. Even though you're forgiven of God and clean by the blood, still some people would never believe in you again. So some of these things can have lasting consequences. Even though we are forgiven. It's not worth giving in. Make the word the final authority. If the word says it's sin, what do you call it? Sin. 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 Secondly and thirdly, these two go together and they're two different things. Honesty and humility. You got to be honest with yourself. And you got to humble yourself and admit the truth. Now, I talked a good bit about just keeping the physical body under. And the reason I'm doing that is because the principles are exactly the same in every area physically. Appetites and desires operate very much the same. You know, I said to you, you know, I'm a few pounds overweight. That's for me to say, not you. (laughs) And it's not for me to say about you. I don't know what size you like the best. I don't know what size your spouse likes you to be the best. It's not for me to tell you how many pounds to weigh or what size to be. But I am telling you that we are to be able to control ourselves. And if we're not happy with the size we are, why don't we have the size we want? Why can't we have the size we want? I got about 20 extra pounds that uh, I'm going to get rid of. But I'm not confused about why they're there. (laughs) Whether it's 20 or 200, I'm glad it's not 200. But the principle's the same. And don't you ever look at somebody that's really heavy and say, Well, dear God, how'd they get that heavy? How'd you keep those extra 10 pounds for 20 years? Huh? Principle's exactly the same. Different degrees of the same thing. And if you're happy with your size, I'm going to say it again for the ninth time. Great. But if you're not happy with your size, if it's your body and you're in control, it should be the way you want it to be. It's my mouth. I should be saying what I want and not saying what I don't. It's my mind. I should be thinking what I want and not thinking what I don't. It's my body I should be doing with it and having in it and with it what I should and not what I don't. We read in Romans 7, you know, how he taught in Galatians talks about the same thing. How that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the things that you would, you didn't do. And the things that you didn't want to do, you did. And how that Romans 7 says, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, it's sin that dwells in me. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law working in my members who will deliver me from this body of death. And he says, thanks be unto God. The Lord Jesus Christ, through Christ, and he goes on to say, there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let me tell you the thing that will hurt you and hinder you, we've already alluded to it and referred to it, but I just got through saying it, condemnation will keep you from reaching your goals. Feeling bad about giving into the flesh, feeling bad about yielding and giving in will hold you in a place of defeat. Just going around going, what's wrong with me? I don't know what's wrong with me. I just keep giving in. I'm just so weak. Well, why would you want to use your words against yourself? Hmm? Why would you want to agree with the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren? I don't care if you just got through blowing it big time. That's when you need to use the words of your mouth. Stand up and say, I'm strong. Hmm? I'm in control of myself. I'm in control of my appetite. Amen. I don't care if you just blew it big time. That's when you need to talk faith. Get your words working for you. Amen. Amen. So humility and honesty. These 20 pounds that I've carried around. For several years now I know exactly why they're there. Too many candy bars, not enough exercise, too many late night things. Now I could make excuses, but that's how you keep it. That's how you stay right where you where you are. I've had preachers tell me, I mean one preacher told me he was a good bit heavy. And he said, I'm carrying this weight for the gospel's sake. (laughs) Now you laugh, but he was dead serious. (laughs) He was dead serious because he was saying, you know, the lifestyle I have to live on the road, I don't have a choice. And I don't want to be this heavy. (laughs) He was serious, I'm telling you. I could say, well, you know, man, I just, I've been so busy and I fly in and out. And every time you go somewhere, somebody's got Aunt Mildred's special cake and Uncle Joe's special barbecue. And you can't say no. And then it's late at night and then you're tired. You don't feel like exercising and you got to get up and go back home. Excuses. That's unbelief. Faith makes declarations. Doubt makes excuses. You hear people say, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, God just chose me to be this size. No, he didn't. God didn't choose you to be as, well, God gave me this slow metabolism. And, you know, my mama was always big and her mama was big and it just runs in the family. And God just chose this body for me, so I'm just going to be happy with it. You're making excuses and you're lying to yourself. If you are happy with yourself, great. But if you're not, don't believe lies that you can't have what you want. Amen. Amen. Everybody say humility. 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 Honesty. Honesty. Watch out for phrases like big boned. (laughs) Well, I'm just, I'm just big boned. Well, I've got a, you know, pretty good frame and I've got some muscle, but this extra I'm talking about ain't muscle and it ain't bone. It's fat. It's fat. Everybody say fat. It's just fat. Well, God gave me this body, you know, it's, it's just what I have. No, it's what you've done with it. Are not done with it. There's some things that's not within your control. I mean, you can't by taking thought add a cubit to your height. Or, you know, you're not going to change the size of your ears. Some things like that. But, how much fat you have? Completely in your control. How much tone you are? If you're flabby or toned, that's completely in your control. Don't blame it on God. Don't make excuses. Everybody say humility. Humility. And And honesty. And if you say, well, hey, I got a lot of extra fat, but I like it, and I'm happy. Wonderful. I got no problem with it. I'm telling you, if you're not happy with something, you can change it. Get your words changing. Get your thinking changing. Somebody said, no excuses. No excuses. Hmm? No excuses. Why am I out of shape? Too much laying on the couch watching TV. Too much eating junk. Right? I know when I was... Uh, how come I me to get into all this, man? <laughs> In fact, people say, Brother Keith, aren't you scared? You're going to offend somebody and lose some people? Well... I don't want to. But the truth makes you free. Hmm? And if you want to get offended about something, you just have to fabricate it because I've told you a dozen times I'm not telling you what size to be. If you're happy with you, I'm happy with you. But I know people, there are people suicidal because of these things. People who've on their third marriage because of these things. Did you hear me? This is serious business. People whose faith is not working like it should be because of these things, right. health problems. I understand you can uh, cut your life short by decades, but right. yeah. not doing some simple things. This body is the most precious physical possession you will ever have. Amen. Oh, it's precious. You lose this, you can't stay on the earth anymore. This is far more precious than any car than any clothes, than any jewelry, than any house, this thing is precious. We need to esteem it and value it and take good care of it. Amen? Amen. I know when I was, uh, Phyllis and I first married, I was training to be a fighter. I worked out all the time. And then I got a job working on the docks loading freight. We loaded lazy boy chairs we stacked them three and four high by hand. One man. And man, you talk, I was in pretty good shape. You talk about eat. I took a grocery bag with me to work. Phyllis would fix it. I'd eat four sandwiches for break. I took a gallon of milk with me. Raw milk. Yeah, my parents had a dairy. And... uh Ain't no telling how many calories I was eating a day. I had a metabolism like a forest fire. I, I hate food. I could, you would be amazed at what I ate. Phyllis said, cook. you think she's cooking for three or four people, and it was just me and her. And I wasn't big. But I'm working. I'm working out, and I'm working hard physical labor all the time, I'm working out in the weather. and Well, then I went to Bible school. And I I wasn't uh, wasn't working out like I was, almost quit those first year or two of school, and and, uh, wasn't working hard physical labor. All we did was go to class and sit and listen, and then we'd go out to eat and sit and talk, and then we'd come back and sit and listen, and then we'd go out and sit and talk and eat. And then me and my buddies would go back to the apartment, and Phyllis would cook something for us, and we'd sit and eat, and study, and talk about the Bible, and, and sit and eat. Hermiston, that's probably America's favorite pastime: sitting and eating. <laughs> eating is a sport for many people. And a favorite pastime and hobby for millions. Well something funny happened to me over the course of the next several months. With that inactivity and all that sitting. Apparently my metabolism was slowing down. But I'm eating like I always did. And then all my clothes got where they wouldn't fit. My pants got too tight. My shirts got too tight. And I did one of the dumbest things you ever did. Went out and bought bigger pants. (laughs) So I could fill them up. (laughs) Finally realized it was time for me to adjust my eating. Because I'm not active like I used to be. I mean, you know, walking around here a few steps while I talk to you doesn't burn a whole lot of calories. Sitting in my desk and looking up scriptures, you know. Hmm? Now I can make excuses or I can make adjustments. Amen. 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 Have you found your scripture? Philippians 4 and Mark 9. You remember that? This is the truth. This is the Bible. This is right. This is our final authority. This is our standard. We judge everything by. And this is what we demand that everything in our life conform to. Amen. Where are you? Philippians 4, Philippians 4 and verse 13. Philippians 4:13. Are you there? Philippians 4:13. I can do all things except lose this weight. Huh? I can do all things. Except control my stupid mouth. Hmm? I can do all things except control my eyes. What? I can do all things except control my spending. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just get carried away. Hmm? I understand people need to quit saying that. I've had people look at me. Good people, but just look at me in tears. Ministers look at me in tears. Brother Keith, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just... I just keep giving in. I just keep giving in. Well, first of all, quit saying that. Believe in the power of your words. Amen. Amen. I don't care if you just gave in five minutes ago. Let's put our words on this thing. And what does the Bible say? The Bible didn't say you can't help it. What did the Bible say? I can do all things, not just on my own, but through Christ. Through the anointed one who strengthens me. He enables me. If I feel weak, I'm strong in him. He adds to me his strength. His grace is sufficient. His anointing is more than enough. Amen. I can look those drugs in the eye and say, no, I'm not doing it again. I don't have to give in. I can tell that woman. I can tell that man, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to bed with you. No, not again. Hmm? I can walk out of the store and not spend it. Amen. You know, you need to practice it. You need to demonstrate to yourself that you, the man on the inside is in control. There's frequently that I'll see something and I want it real bad. Even if I'm thinking it's all right for me to get it. A lot of times I'll just make myself walk away. Amen. I can get it tomorrow if I want to. That's right. hmm? But demonstrate Control. Get, just do things like this all through your life. You reach for the cookie. and ain't nothing wrong with eating a cookie once in a while. But once in a while go, no, nah, mm-mm. Amen. And go the rest of the week and don't eat it. Amen. Hmm? Or get a candy bar. Take a bite off it. Close it back up. Put it up. <laughs> Save it for next week. Demonstrate you're in control. The man on the inside is in control. And don't ever, 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 ever say, I can't. The Bible does not say, I can't. What does the Bible say? I'm reading scripture now. Tell me. This is our final authority. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I want to lose this weight, I can lose this weight. If I want to gain some weight, I can gain some. Amen? Amen. I want to sleep less. I want to get up earlier. I want to change my schedule. I can do anything I need to do and want to do through the greater one inside me, the strength that's inside me. Amen. Amen. And without turning there, you remember Mark 9, 23. What did he say? All things are possible to him that believes. Is it possible for you to have what you want physically? It's just ridiculous for us to go through life feeling insecure because of a few extra pounds of fat. Not enjoying the way our clothes fit. Steering wheel rubbing our belly. (laughs) You might want to get in one of those little bitty sports cars sometime. Might want to fly a Learjet. It's a small cockpit up there. Say, well, I like the steering wheel rubbing in my belly. Oh, great. Good. I'm all for you. No. <laughs> if that's what you like. But don't lie to yourself. No. Say, I can, I, I can have what I want. It's my body. It's my body. I'm in control. I'm in control. Amen. Amen. If you want something toned up, tone it up. Amen. If you want it trimmed up, trim it up. Amen. you want it thickened up, thicken it up. <laughs> but be in control. Number one, the words of final authority. Number two, honest and humble. Number four and five. And I'll just introduce these and close. Go to Mark 11 and Luke 14. Mark 11, Luke 14. I feel good about this. Do you? Can you be honest with yourself? See, I'm just telling you about me. I've judged myself 20 pounds too much fat. I judged myself. So we're going to change that. Amen. That's for me. If I want to put some back on, I will. That'd be easy enough to do. Especially some of the stuff you guys have been bringing around. Woo, man. Thank you. (laughs) Some of it's really good stuff. And I'm not saying I'm never going to eat sugar again. That'd be a lie. I like a good piece of cake and pie once in a while. But, you know, you need to be honest with yourself about whether you can afford it or not. Thank you for those three amens. God, sometimes you just have to admit to yourself, I can't afford this. I got too much extra. And your body said, I want some. Say, well, eat some off of this stomach right here. Where you stored it last time. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm a, Well, eat some off this thigh right here. <laughs> oh boy. Mark 11. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. What things soever you what? Desire. desire. Here's number four. Desire. Coupled with number five, vision. Desire and vision. Why do people not have things? Now, we're using the physical. We're talking about, you know, what size you want to be. But you understand, I'm just using this as an example of all the flesh. The principle's exactly the same, whether it's overspending, not controlling your words, not controlling sexual desire. Principle's the same. I'm just using this as an example. Everybody say desire Desire. and and vision. One reason why people don't have things is they just don't want it enough. They want something else more. And if you want cheesecake more than you want to feel good in your clothes, then you'll have cheesecake. But we make choices every day. And we've got to be honest about ourselves about what we want the most. If you want instant gratification... Rather than getting yourself in good shape financially, then you'll just blow your money as soon as it comes in. You won't sow into the kingdom. You won't save. You won't sow into natural things. But you've made choices. You've said, I want this right now. And carnality sacrifices tomorrow for today. Wisdom will control yourself today for benefit tomorrow. Amen. Wisdom's a key to being wealthy. Isn't it? Proverbs talks about it all the way through. In Luke 14, and I'm closing, I think. Luke 14 and verse 28. 14:28. He says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sits not down first and counts the cost? whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest haply after he's laid the foundation is not able to finish it. All that behold began to mock him and said this man began to build and was not able to finish. What did he say he should do first? Sit down, Sit down and count the cost. And one reason you'd count the cost is to see am I willing to pay the cost? Is it worth it to me? If you're going to, you know, lose those extra pounds and tone that body up, it's going to cost you something, isn't it? It's going to cost you that late night pie or something. It's going to cost you, instead of being able to lay on the couch, you're going to have to get up and and exercise and do something. It's going to cost you. Are you willing to pay what it costs? Or is it just not worth it to you? Now, when it comes to these areas, it's going to cost you Either way you go, if you just let yourself go, it's going to cost you in your confidence. It's going to cost you in how you feel. It's going to cost you in your health. Or it's going to cost me if I take control of it. If I control my spending, it's going to cost me. I'm not going to get what I want right now. It's going to cost me. You do that every time you sow seed into the kingdom. You can spend that on yourself or you can give it. It's going to cost you. Oh, but when you sow to the flesh, you're going to of the flesh reap destruction. But when you sow to the Spirit, amen, don't get weary in well-doing because in due season, you will reap. Everybody say, count the cost. I want you to, over the course of the next week, and uh, even over Christmas, you know, I mean, this is kind of a rough time to, Start being too rough on your flesh. I talked to mama last night in Mississippi. She's been cooking all week. So I'm going to focus mostly after the first of the year. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> on my vision. Somebody said New Year's resolution? No. No. No lifestyle, yeah, amen. Yes. The Lord. diet, no, no, life, way of life, way of life, amen. depriving yourself from now, no, uh-uh. just being in control, Praise the Lord. getting what I want, and having what I want, amen, amen. amen. physically, mentally, financially, amen. do we have to stay in debt all our lives, no, no, It's not a sin to be in debt, but don't just be satisfied to stay there and just pay interest the rest of your life. Let's believe God. Let's put our words. Let's sow our seed. Let's get to the place where we can loan, not have to borrow. Can God get us there? All things are possible to him that believes. Every area of life, it works the same way. But you need to get a vision. You got to be able to see yourself where you want to be. Before you see yourself that way in the checkbook or in the mirror. Hmm? I know Phyllis and I worked on this. We saw ourselves writing thousand dollar checks to put in the offering. When we didn't have an extra hundred dollars. But I could see. Sometimes I'd close my eyes and see me. One zero 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 decimal point. Keeve more, Hmm? I'm not talking about so called faith check and the money wasn't there. Don't do that. I mean the money's there. Well, guess what? We've been doing that for some time now. Glory to God. That yes. does no good if you can't see you doing it though. Right. Not enough that you see somebody else, well, yeah, they could do that, you know. No, can you see you doing it? Everybody say vision. Desire and vision. Can you see you doing it? Hmm? Can you see your button in your jeans? I'm talking about that smaller size that you like. Huh? Can you see you turning in the mirror going, Whoo! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Huh? Can you see you having something in an area? Everybody say desire Desire. and vision. vision. See, what's it going to take to get that? Count the cost. Look at it. Ask you, am I willing to give this up for a little while? Am I willing to cut back on this? Am I willing to start doing this? Am I willing? What's it going to cost me? Am I willing to pay that? And you don't just jump into something. Don't make a bunch of rash so-called New Year's resolutions. Sit down and look at this thing. Make yourself, what's it going to cost me? desire. Do I want it enough to pay that? And then when you say, "Yeah, I want this. I want this enough to pay it. I'll pay it." Hmm? Amen. And this is not just one area. This is going to putting your flesh under in one area will help you in a whole bunch of other areas. I'm working up to something the Holy Ghost is. We'll also get to the place where we're hungry for the things of God. Where we want certain things enough Amen. That will pray, will seek God, will believe God, will give, will work, will do. Those that hunger and thirst after it, they'll be filled. They'll get it. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Somebody praise the Lord. Thank Him that you are not a helpless victim. You're not a helpless pawn. Oh, thank you, Lord. We have power. We have victory. Thank you, Lord. We can do all things through the anointed one who's in us and on us and strengthens us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can be prosperous. We can be blessed. We can have extra. We can walk wisely. We can be in control of our mouth and our mind and our eyes and our desires and our appetites. We don't have to give in. There is no irresistible temptation. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.